I'll be interviewing Lance and Jesse about their relationship, LGBTQ matters, what it's like to be LGBTQ, and how hallucinogens, um, among other things, have helped with different traumas. Yet again, I find myself here often. And I'm interviewing uh, good friends of mine, Lance and Jesse. Um, And they are friends of mine that have have helped me in in a few ways. We have very good conversations. Um, And we analyze, I'll say we analyze reality quite a bit together. And uh, we, we analyze sexuality. In a lot of different ways, we analyze states of being, so on and so forth. So, what you might think is we're these magic, fucking, Tibetan dorji deities floating around, but no, we're just human beings, just like you. Um, and uh, with that, we're gonna do an interview now. And uh, I don't know, we got a cat over there. That's greater than a human being. At least he thinks he is. Yeah. Okay. Next time. You need to be wet. I'm kidding. Was, yeah, the cats are cool. The uh, so in, here in Colorado, um, I, I read a news article blurb the other day that it blew me away. I'm gonna tell you guys why. I wanna see what you guys think. It blew me away. Like I was looking through my fucking Google feed, which is my news stream now. You know what I mean? And uh, it was like, and forgive me because I'm gonna say everything fucking wrong, but it, it told me. Um, it said so. And I ain't going to say it right. No longer can you claim LGBTQ, that was right, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. As, or homosexuality, or any different um, orientation, orientation yeah. of sex, or your gender, or, or whatever. Identity. Identity. Um, as, as a reason to fucking kill somebody. And so that's amazing that you can't do that anymore. Let me finish this. But... What fucking terrifies me and makes me very sad about that. And as soon as I was like, that's amazing, I was like, this, we're the 11th state to do that. And then I was like, hold on a minute. Why in the fuck is that an excuse to fucking kill somebody? That is fucking the most ridiculous, systemic, sexist shit I've ever heard. Right? Okay. So. That is routinely referred to as the gay panic defense or the trans panic defense. What the fuck is that? I I remember when the first state criminalized the LGBTQ panic defense okay. thing. It was California. Hold on, wait a minute. You I said was in you college. Just, you just said criminalized it. Yeah, made it well to where you could use that. No, no, no. To where you could not use it. Okay. To okay. where like. Nah, that's bullshit. Okay. Sit okay. down, come up okay. with a better reason. Um, what that is, I, I was in college. Right. That is pretty horrifying. Like, I remember that was I it was... cool because you were in college? Or? No, I'm well, it. yeah, I'm it's be- like, I was already going through my own transition at that point, and right. I looked oh, into wow. it, and I'm like, 
So did you did you go two, three weeks without sleeping, knowing that someone could fucking kill you because well, of that? I saw that, and I, I had already kind of known that that was a possibility for me. Like, I had heard horror stories, you know, every... Yeah, but that's the, the difference is you had heard that shit, out. and now you're kind of informed that there's laws that motherfuckers can be like, because you don't do what I do... Well, when that came out, Basically. I looked into it a lot more. It was it was California that started, and I'm like, huh, I live in Colorado. Oh, so I I, I see. I can still uh, okay. Yeah, this is still a legal defense here. Great. I'm glad it isn't now. Right. But what the defense is the the idea is in all states. You you said Colorado is the eleventh. Yeah. Can I can I interject here real quick? What I feel like it is is this homophobic people that are about to get laid finding out the chick they thought was a dude had a dick and you shot him in the head is what it really sounds like to me. Yeah, like that's what, terrible. I, what I was about to say. Sorry, Art. <laughs> You're good. Um, terrible. So the, the trans panic defense is in 39 states now, this is still legal. If you are a cisgender man, like like you, like you're not trans, right. and you hook up with a girl at the bar. You meet this girl at the bar. Right. Okay. Right, right, right. Like Lola situation. L-O-L-A, Lola. Right. That, if that happens and you take her home and you're undressing her and you see she has a penis, you can shoot her. You can shoot her. That's fucking. And you can use that as a legal defense so, in so, 39 so fucking states. Let, let, me, let me point, like, what the fuck, right? Yeah. Jesse, what do you think? I'm gonna be completely honest. I haven't looked into this much. At well, but all. from what we've been talking about, what That's, do you think? I mean, what does that even sound like to you? As someone that just found out about this, crazy. But I grew up in the deep south. That was right. kind of the expectation. Right, me. right. But just because it is doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's good. That's absurd. No, it's it's fucking terrible. And it's like. Well, no. Okay, so I'm going to bring this in. So, like, I was raised a bit in Kansas, in Georgia, in Oklahoma, Midwest places. There are still laws there about anal sex. And I don't think it's an enforced thing, but it's like, I imagine at some points it could be and be be swept under the rug. My point to that is that I really feel like we need to pay somebody to go through laws and just deject, get rid of shit, because it's like, there's no place for that. Like, okay, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm a guy. I'm probably just a straight guy. I'm, I don't know. I could be bi at time. Whatever. You know, you guys are transgender. You have different, you know, views about what you do, you know. And in no way, shape, or form, in my perception of how I am and what I want to do, do I feel like that should be better than what you want to do or what you're doing is, a fr- is, is scary. I feel like it is, is something that is actually an evolution and it, it, you know, you go to transgender for the sexuality side, but then to me, a lot of this too really leans towards transhuman type things too as yeah. well. And to me, that's more, that's like, it's probably more of an evolution that we're not even accepting or thinking. I've never understood why so many people are so frightened by that which they don't understand. Like, But that's what it always is. They're just, like, grossed out by the idea of, no, no, I've been told that I'm Prince Charming and I should end up with a princess. I don't want to touch a penis. But, Lance, do you realize, okay, so when we we talk about people's fear, we, I think, us three, 
from here probably understand the idea that most isms, racism, sexism, every other ism, um, are dictated by fear. Yeah. And also phobia for a reason. Right. And dictated by not and that fear dictates a simple negative solution. Whereas what it's actually doing and why I think it's more present a lot of times in our especially our older generations is it's a fear and then it is a definition to that fear to assign negative terminology. You gotta understand to begin with that terminology wasn't so negative until it got assigned, if that makes sense. And it's like that's exactly what it is. It's 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 an educational thing as well, right? Okay. So okay. I mean, yeah, the older generation that was really buried in or stoned with their emotions, didn't yeah. show it, was very yeah. in the fucking fifties and sixties yeah. you could kill a kid and pretty much get away like your kids. And then in the forties you're having kids to do a farm. That's slavery was there. Was telling me horror stories about his brothers trying to murder him. Right. His father beating his ass. Right. Right. Like we've gone through an enormous amount of social evolution just in time that yeah, but we're not still alive. Are we? Yeah. We're not quite like past that. Like what Jesse's saying right here is is a huge thing. Like my, uh, like my mom's mom would like beat the fucking shit out. Like mm-hmm. beat you the fucking death. And now we're talking about our emotions. We're evolved. right. All that shit was locked away. Yeah. You didn't talk about it. Yeah. I mean, even just in our lifetimes, like we've discussed the fact that if the two of us had been born a decade later, yeah. odds are we would have been put on puberty blocking hormones. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you guys, trans issues would have been known no. about by the time we came out. Not just puberty blocking, you motherfuckers would be put in fucking psych wards. I'm well, no, I mean you. like I, like ten years later. Here. Like if if we had been born earlier, yeah, it would have been a lot worse. Right, if we had been born later, okay. 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 it would have been better because right. trans issues are understood better now. Like trans kids with generally open and accepting parents now, they have a chance. They have a chance exactly. Like when you're 10, 11, 12 years well, old, you can be put on puberty blockers and put into therapy to give you long enough to figure it out and then when you're like 15, 16, so, 17, 18 can I, can you can I, make the choice and go through the correct puberty I, I wouldn't question. have tits, it can would I, be awesome Can I ask you a question? Of course So what, why do you get put on a puberty blocker? I'm sure a lot of people don't know this Why? Like what's happening there? Tell the me. idea behind the puberty blocker is that it it just stops your body from changing to give you long enough for your brain to mature for you to make the decision in an informed is, way yourself. Is this so, dictated by, you know, like basically having like both sexes? Well, is so what you're talking about or what's going on? So a lot of trans kids, not all, but uh-huh. a lot of trans kids do know at a somewhat early age. Like I think I got my first inkling when I was four or five. Um, okay. And a lot of trans kids experience a lot of just, just awful mental health problems during puberty because their bodies are changing in ways that they're not that you can't identify else with, yeah. Right? yeah exactly like the idea be- or idea behind the puberty blockers is that like like if does I'd it been, help if i don't know because years later and like 
trans existed more in my parents' lexicon when right. I was like five or right. so, and I right. told them, hey, I'm a boy. Right. When I turned 11 or so, I could have been put on an estrogen blocker. I never would have gotten boobs. I probably never would have started my period. Right. And I never would have had to go through all that awful shit from that. By the time I was like 16, 17, 18, and I was still saying, nah, nah, I'm still serious about that. Right, right. They could put me on testosterone at that point. I'd probably get a growth spurt in terms of height. I'd be taller than I am now. I wouldn't have to worry about that. Right. My muscles would distribute the way I want them to. Like, my body would be dramatically different, and I'd be a lot happier with it. Okay. Right. Like, that's where I'll she say. never would have gotten facial hair if she'd been put on right. testosterone right. blockers at right. the right time. Like, gotcha. it is what it so, is. So, the only reason I say that's a positive thing is because I think most people, if they hear puberty blocker, right, you don't know what that is unless you go through the experience you guys went through, right? And a lot of people... So that's good. A lot of people are really concerned that trans kids are wanting to make permanent changes to their bodies. And... The idea behind the puberty blocker is it gives a trans kid long enough to figure themselves out and like to be sure that this isn't just a phase that they're that they aren't just confused right. like yeah some kids probably do buy into the fad aspect of it but what go, you're what you're well, saying I'm is like with this, kids have imagination with this it gives you time to think about it yeah right it okay, gives okay. you years to riddle it out during which ideally the kid is seeing a therapist and talking about it right. and going yeah, you, no, I've that? always felt more comfortable with this gender. Like, this is what I want to be when I grow up. This right. is the person I see right. myself. How can I get there? Right. Okay. Like, we... I mean, I'm ultimately glad that our lives went the way they did because they led us to each other and the places we are now. Right. which is awesome. But... You want it to be easier for other people. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like... And that's it, and that's that's the so very cool fabric. If we didn't have dysphoria, but that's know? the that's the very fabric of what we're talking about. From what Jesse was talking about with her experience, to what I'm talking about as well, and what you're talking about is it's uh, figuring these things out. So do you feel like if when you were younger, if you had somebody you could identify with, and it wasn't all just completely looked down on, it would have made that experience easier, or not easier, but like more ingestible at least. Honestly, yeah, like, I think I was in college by the time I was even hearing about famous transgender people. Right, like, right, right. Laverne Cox, that was around the time I started college. Caitlyn Jenner, that was around the time I started college. You and did. also, Caitlyn Jenner, ah! Like, you, you know what? And Pink also, almost every single represent performed representation in transgender media is a trans woman. Right. Not even right. gonna go too far in you can that, but you like, can you can talk about that it, it's kind of a weird double-edged sword because well, isn't, it, isn't that propping it up to look like oh it's all just women like dudes well, being women instead of what yeah. it is all of it yeah. right yeah it's humans that don't identify with what they're being told they are is the root of the issue. Right. Well, that goes but, into, like, the non-binary thing that's happening right now, too, right? But, like, the double-edged sword with it, like, Jesse is considerably more likely than I am to be targeted 
for right. her gender identity, right. attacked, murdered, raped, etc. Which is terrible. I'm considerably more likely to have somebody say, nah, you're just a butch lesbian. No, no, you can't get your uterus out. What if your husband wants to have children someday? It's because, it's because, Bad girl. But you Sit realize, down. You realize like, it's I've, I've literally people... had medical professionals tell me that. Right. Do you know that? Like, no. I've had medical professionals, like, I've gone uh, to them and said, hey, I have... ties into that. The new law, the thing where you can, if you're a medical professional, you yeah. can tell, oh, it's yeah. terrible. I have. Why? Why do that? I have fucking, okay. like, OBGYN issues that okay. I need to get fixed. Okay. I am terrified of addressing those. The last two times that I went to a doctor, uh-huh. like a gynecologist kind of doctor, and right. got the exam and put myself through the mental and physical hardship of that because it's, it's also excruciatingly painful. Like it's not, it's not just mentally dysphoric for me to have that kind of exam. It feels like I'm being stabbed. Like that's one of the issues. Like I, I, I need to get this fixed. I'm terrified to get it fixed. Well, Last ter- two you- times I went to ask about getting it fixed. Mm-hmm. I said, can I please just get my hysterectomy done? I don't want this stuff anyway. And they oh, said, right. no, you're young. You are Wait a minute, so they won't let you do a hysterectomy? Nope. You still have the possibility of being fertile. So, if you want to have this hysterectomy, we will approve it if you can get your husband to sign off on it. I don't have a fucking husband. I have a girlfriend. Yeah, hold on. Are you kidding? No, you're not kidding. That's... I am not kidding. I have had your body. I have heard the exact words. Your future husband might want children, so so it would be unethical for us to approve this. So let's bring this back around. So this I want the damn thing out, right? But this delves into another situation. So if you're a woman who's happy being a woman and you want a hysterectomy just because you you know like to fuck or something, yeah, you want your tubes tied or whatever. Plenty of cis women have had that issue too. Well, they well they let a a normal or not? I'm sorry, cis cis woman. um, Will they let someone like that? Not often. That's insane too. They usually require some kind of you know you you know another partner. What this tells us stupid is this is the this jesus this that's terrible yeah so a woman yeah and now or, trump has gone and yeah. fucked the whole situation by wow. saying hey healthcare providers no yeah so yeah. like you like could discriminate. Gay wedding cake kind of discrimination level thing against trans people which is like healthcare providers can or insurance agencies yeah. can just straight up say no that's icky to me i don't want to cover it which and is which is up shit creek without a battle. Which is, which is the most asinine fucking thing ever. Because if you're gonna get into fucking healthcare, you're doing it to help people. That's mm-hmm. part of the problem in our what culture about the right now. Oath? Does that not mean anything? No, anymore? dude. That's part of the problem right now is that we like are okay. The have the have nots thing is getting way bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a kid, I went to the doctor. I generally believe it's because they wanted to help you. Now it's more of you're, you're getting paid bank. There's this insurance. Like if you've ever talked to a pharmaceutical rep, how the medical industry works different is disgusting. Different offices will well, no. push different drugs. Well, check this out. The pharmaceutical rep comes money. in there and says, all right, you guys have... You know, you guys have uh, sold enough of our meds, or we want if you, you to sell, sell our meds. More Cymbalta, we'll give you a bonus. We're going to give you a bonus, a steak dinner. It's a, it's a huge racket. 
You get a pizza party if your class does the best on And so the, what that dictates is that it's test. not necessarily based around helping each other. That's what we've lost throughout the COVID, through the protesting, through the fucking Epstein molestation shit that we don't want to fucking open up. It's what we what we have lost is the idea of community and giving a fuck about each other. Yeah. Just like earlier when we were all hanging out and I said, you know, why I really love you guys mm-hmm. is because you guys are, you guys give a shit, mm-hmm. you know? It's just like me and my roommate, we give a shit. I mean, we want to help people. That's why we're going through this period of change in our lives is we're trying to better ourselves. Well, so you we know that at some point people didn't want to fucking help you and you know others. what that feels like. We can't yeah. do pain, so we want to help others not feel Right. It. Yeah. Right. And that's what this is really all about. I have seen so much mental health issues. I want to well, be that, a counselor. She's seen I, so many physical you know, health issues. You know, you know, so this is, this is my life real quick in a nutshell as to why I want to help people, right? My mom tried to kill herself six months pregnant with me, right? And then I never went to, after that, we're not going to get much into that, but I never went to a school for longer than a year to a year and a half because I had no foundation. I had a mom who was schizophrenic, a byproduct of a lot of craziness. HBPD. And, um, you know, so I lived with various family members. Shit, I was fucking raped by uh, the preacher that helped us, son their son, which is a crazy thing too. It's a lot of shit there. And, and throughout that, you know, I bought my mom a car when she was eight, when I was 18. And it's usually the other way around. Right. And I tried to help her as much as I could. Now you got to factor in when I was a kid, like I had to get her committed at the age of 14. Right. And so what they teach you to do is you become the adult and you have to uh, get your parent committed. They can't commit somebody and just come pick them up unless they're hurting themselves or someone else or indicating they are. And so they push you to do that to your parent, which is terrible. (coughs) So I also have a degree in oil painting, but I have a lot of the same knowledge Lance does in a lot of ways. I don't have the finite knowledge or the same knowledge Jesse has through experience, I imagine. You well, know. everybody has different experiences, of course. Right. Well, but I've been dealing with mental illness shit like that my whole life, so I've, I've seen it. Like, when I was younger, they tried to test me, and I'd been with my mom and saw what had happened so much that when they gave me a test, they couldn't rate me normal or abnormal at a very young age because I recognized that what they were trying to do. Yeah, you could trick the test and just completely cancel out the validity of it. Right. And, you know, and that's how my adolescence was spent, was not much innocence, but understanding how to navigate shit, which is terrible for a kid. Yeah. Actually looking through all the nuance. Yeah. I understand that a good bit. I was on my own at 16. And you were in the South? Yep. Um, Long story short, mom and dad decided that we were going to sell the house, move up to Georgia, start a new life. Dad and I packed up all our stuff, mm-hmm. head up there, or up there for about two months. Mom divorces Dad over the phone. Oh boy! Dad says, "All right, you're 16. You're you're old enough. Get out. Good luck. What? And damn, pieces man. off back to Florida. Oh damn! So here I am, stuck in Griffin, Georgia, 16. Not even an adult. No friend. <laughs> nothing. And you did." Probably didn't have internet as much as we do now then. I actually had a pretty decent Okay, okay, I'm yeah. old. <laughs> Remember, this was like eight years ago? Eight, oh, nine shoot. years ago? 
Oh shit, that's right. That's not a deck I did. Like it wasn't. She's a tech geek, so yeah, it wasn't <laughs> near what it was. It, it, it was not near what it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you still had like but a chat well, no, yeah, yeah. You had you, you had a resource. Yeah. All right. Okay. Like Facebook existed by yeah. then, and that was pretty much on my own from that point on. Ended up. Well, what you like? Okay. Yeah. What happened? I was about to say. Around some point, I went and got myself legally emancipated because. Why not at that point? If you get, you know. Yeah. Lived with my aunt, but come summer she didn't want me right around oh, yeah. because I'm not in school. What the fuck am I doing there? Right. So. Because she's ingrained in a certain ideology and mentality, then then you get it. Yeah. So, enlisted. That's how I spent. You went the military from that. Yep. That's fucking amazing, actually. How was that? Hell, I'm better. <laughs> 17 by the time you were officially in there? 17. Damn. Well, you didn't have to have anybody sign off because you're emancipated. Mm-hmm. That's fucking, that's intense. How, what was your experience in military, Justin? It was... Let me change my character a little bit. Um, what do you mean? Structure. Yeah, structure. Showed I... you how you can use structure to affect things. Structure, a lot of aggression. aggression. Did it help get the aggression out or did it put it in you? Put it in me. I before that I was clinically depressed. I would lash out. I well, did you know like what like <coughs> did you know that you wanted to be the way you are? No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you were in the military. Yep. Were you in there? They consider you a male. Yes. Jesus Christ! Did they just fucking fuck with you constantly? No, I pretty much kept to myself. Okay. About okay. that. At okay. Least. Good. Well, not good that you had to do that, but as a way to deal with it. Save her that way. Yeah. Right. 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 Gotta cover your ass. Well, six foot like tall, quite easier. Mm-hmm. Brutally raped, beaten, and murdered that have came out as being trans or anything else. Yep. Not to mention Trump uh, became president not long after she enlisted. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, there's been before Trump, there was terrible shit going on in the military as well. Like Obama lightened it up a bit, but before that, it was yeah. Obama lightened it up a bit. I have to say for. As much shit as it is, gotta give my enlister of all things credit. Okay. Because when I signed up, I talked to them about that, and they were just like, we don't carry whatever you sign on there is what you are. Just put whatever's on your ID. Right, right, right. We don't care regardless. You do you. Okay. (laughs) And your enlister was seriously in anyone's face, and it wouldn't be a problem. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Not so much don't talk or... So, like, when you're in the military, what do you take that was, you know, good from that? If you don't mind me asking. I got a lot of structure. A lot of confidence. Confidence? Confidence. Okay. I mean, I grew up in a really rough area in South Miami. That's... That's probably the roughest of the rough. (laughs) It was interesting. I'll bet. I'll bet. Um... Went from there to all of a sudden being isolated in Georgia in the middle of the woods. Yeah. That's a beautiful feeling too, though. It was. Like, I got some... I got really big into photography at that point. Oh, bad. I bet there's a lot of scenic shit. There is. I mean, you could accidentally take a picture of a, what, an alligator in Georgia? Miami. Oh, yeah. Or, sorry. Uh, alligator or crocodile. Right. Well, Armadillo's in Georgia. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Armadillos. Of armadillos. Armadillos like came out of Texas into these other places. Yeah. They're fucking weird and they stink, but they're cool looking. But not structure, not discipline. I was very twitchy and just ADHD could not hold still. It really mm-hmm. helped me learn ways to focus my brain and that's awesome. That also gave you a direction to go. Yeah. You really know what to do. Sure, sure. do you have a focus? Well, here's the thing. That's the thing. I went into the <clears throat> medical side of the military because I passed their tests to go for the. MOS. Okay. And I was originally going in for it just because my brother-in-law, I really looked up to him. He was just a really awesome guy. My okay. sisters were always kind to me. Even when I came out, they were one of the most friendly That's and awesome. me about it. That's awesome. Like, they welcomed me in as their sister would open arms. That's awesome. It was really nice. Because that's not something that always happens. Exactly. It's <laughs> awesome. Um... So I went into the medical side for that and found I have a knack for it. Right. Um, when I, National Guard is where I went into. Okay. So after I went through my basic training and then my advanced individual training, oh. I'd only go to base once a month. Okay. So I still went to school and all that. Okay. Still did normal high school. It was just more so going there. Did it give you kind of like, feel like you almost had an outlet aside from being bit. in the fucking... A little bit. It was something to do once a month. It was... Right. But it was a focus. It was a focus, yeah. And I'm not going to lie, it was interesting. I didn't really do anything about it at school. I didn't make it known. Right. Well, I imagine, like, there's probably tons of fear behind doing that in public, like, certain areas, especially what what year time period was this? Uh, I graduated high school in 2015. Okay. So 2014. Range. Um, but another thing is I was also out as trans freshman year of high school okay so you were up front with that mm-hmm. okay. so kind of well, what happened there when you did that were people like fuck you or no actually because I was in Atlanta uh-huh. for that my, where I was at with my aunt was thankfully actually a really nice area I got really lucky and got into a charter high school okay so it's very, very liberal. We okay, had a full good. GSA. I was the only. And this only, was in Georgia. This was in Georgia and uh-huh. Atlanta. Okay. Atlanta's kind of like how. A mythological place in Georgia. Yeah. Kind of. It's little. Yeah, where I was raised, I was going to say, where I was raised in like Georgia and Keysville, Georgia, like it was still in the 90s, still motherfucking segregated. People didn't yeah. get killed for going oh, to the other gas oh, station. Yeah, you, but... you go about two hours south of Atlanta yeah. and you see it. It, yeah, it becomes yeah. a lot more apparent. It, I was beaten for having, you know, black kids yeah. come over that I didn't know couldn't come over because of that. Yeah. You still got it. Yeah, yeah. It's, and then it's kind of like a little blue circle. No, that's awesome. That's really awesome. Because that's like, too often do I hear people talk about like the South and there is a lot of racist shit there and a lot of bigotry and sexism, but there are good fucking things there too. Like, I was talking to this one about this, is we went to completely different high schools, Midwest and Deep South. And it seems like while he got a more rounded education with that and a bit more advanced in some areas. It, it was a richer school, yeah. but... But 
It seems like mine was more liberal. I mean, you were in liberal pockets of conservative mm. states. I was in a conservative pocket of liberal <laughs> yeah. states. Yeah, Lance will break it down real quick. I was in Colorado Springs. Yeah. You know, you know. Let me let me tell you guys this: when I first like first moved to Georgia to go to school, it was at Burke County uh, High School, which is a county high school. And I shit you not, um, I went into my art class and I sat down. I'm like 14 or 15. This big dude, right? <coughs> probably 21. Kind of milking the system there. It's like, your grandpa killed my grandpa. I'm going to kill you. And I was like, do you got any weed, man? He was like, yeah, we were cool as fuck after that. <laughs> it's a crazy experience for me there. So that turned out pretty well for you then, Jesse. It's custom personality issues that I've worked on. Right. Like, probably prevented a few, too. Yeah, probably. Um, like, for example, I wasn't actually able to even physically cry until I first started HRT. I understand that. So it gave you something to actually care about and understand, try to start understanding emotions. Yeah. That's valuable. That's very valuable. So, it, it, pros and cons, you know? What, so, so, okay, so. Toughen you up a lot, gave you a lot of. We can leave the subject, but I want to ask you. So you found some positive, mm-hmm. right? And you want that positive to grow? Right? And be more positive and not have so much negative. Correct. Right. It would be amazing. Heal the trauma, reinforce the good shit. So I remember um, Lance and you, Jesse, telling me about an experience uh, that, that you had with hallucinogens. We've had it twice now. Which um, was very beautiful. I'll let you guys elaborate to that. But um, so do you. So let's talk about this for a second and lead into that. Is that we do we do you guys feel like through like hallucinogenics and things of that nature, it's easier to work through trauma with that? So, I mean, some chemicals can go better for different things than others, but in general, I find that stepping into a different headspace, right? To process allows you to process better you can get kind of it's almost a third party perspective like you're still you but you're a significantly different part of you and thus you can look at like the regular use problems a different way (coughs) if you do that when you take hallucinogens and i think yeah i think very much that it is a a thing to work through trauma 100 percent yeah yeah um I think that the right chemicals can very much be a healing tool. Like, regardless of whether it's something that is legal or not, that's not the important part. Right. Like, people can people can find relief for their headaches from Tylenol. That's awesome. They can find relief for their from their headaches from CBD. That's awesome. Cool. Both of those things are great. Go for whatever works for you. This is about finding relief for pain that's deeper than that. You it know, is super like almost even existential in a way. Fucking ingrained in who you okay. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like you get raped yeah. when you're a child. Like y- right. you might not physically feel that anymore, but you still flinch every time somebody no, no. raises their voice to you in a car, and you don't understand why. But the only and reason like, you don't physically flinch to that is because you're probably not out to all that shit. Yeah, it's and 
It's a tool. Sometimes, yeah, and sometimes it startles you. Like, sometimes you don't... Sometimes you lose your ego. Yeah. And it's terrifying, but it's good for you, actually. Ego dissolution can be a really valuable tool for that. because you can self-gratifying culture that we live in. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you can come back from a state of ego dissolution and not even know that you were battling out a particular problem and then all of a sudden it's right on your mind like i i had a breakthrough a while back and i came out and was just in this state of processing and worked through some trauma related to medical stuff that i didn't even know was bugging me as much as it was and cool I, I'm glad we worked through it. I well, didn't know it was bugging me as much as it was. Well, I don't. I don't think a lot of people understand when you start to talk about hallucinogens, right, and especially synthetic ones. That the reason the synthetic ones were made was to deal with like alcoholism and trauma. Yeah, from I the mean, get-go. I mean, a few synthetic hallucinogens were played around with as like chemical warfare along the way, right. but by right. and large, a lot of them. Were thought of as healing tools. Yes, like <laughs> if you've read anything by Alexander Shulgin, like his book PCAL, he he genuinely believed that you could cure trauma disorders like PTSD in two steps. Like hit him with MDMA and then hit him with 2CB. That combination he believed in a therapeutic setting would allow you to first work through and process your traumas in an anxiety-free state, and then later apply what you learned. That's, you know, and that's amazing. It's very sad that we fucking have lost that. It's. I mean, he actually did it in underground therapy circles for right. a while before right. the compounds were illegal. I know what you just said that I've applied, and it does. it is very therapeutic. Helps very much, helps to work through these things. What do you think, Jesse? I mean, like, especially some of my issues, I've either had to lock away just because it's too much for me to handle, it's way too much, or it's so deep into me that I don't even think about it until something comes up and then it's suddenly just in your face. Yeah. or someone's like, what the fuck are you saying that? And you yeah. don't even realize, just like, with yeah. me using the term normal, which is, yeah. Yeah. Like, suddenly panic attack over something that you didn't even know was bugging you before. Oh, no, yeah. Well, that's oh, when that I shit, need yeah. to work through this, and I can now. Yeah, and... Right. Just being able to talk and process things without having that gut-wrenching feeling. Or the and inhibition, yeah. 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 Being able it's, to flow through that. Therapeutic, it yeah, lets you feel like a whole new person. It's goddamn beautiful, mm-hmm. you know. Because I don't, I'll say this right now. I don't even think in modern fucking mental science psychology that we do that. We don't mm-hmm. let people process. We give them fucking Seroquel, give them Risperidol. Yeah. Try to make, no, try to dumb, make no, no, make not even just not one. No, yes, but I think dumb it's more down. dumb yeah. down because we look at it as you're so hyperactive. Okay, so how I look at this stuff, I'll break into it for a second, is that, like, so we got most of modern-day medicine from uh, shamans in the rainforest, right? Through their gardens, right? And when we first went out and researched shamans, we thought of them as schizophrenic, right? And so how I view this is shamans are accessing information around them, and they have somewhere to appropriate that, right? Mm-hmm. 
someone here that's schizophrenic accesses that information, doesn't have somewhere to appropriate it, you're in a mental asylum, or you become Bill Gates. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, who's to say that you're not just accessing a different part of your brain than what most neuropatriptical people access? And you're not accessing collective unconscious completely around you, right? So, like, who's to say that you can't more or less like launch yourself or ascend your consciousness to something greater than what it currently is. We don't know. We don't understand. There isn't enough research. So I think we should push forward into this idea of unity and and becoming one within an experience that you are going to tell us about. So it's happened twice now. We have actually been able to replicate it. We were able to spend more time in the state the second time than the first. The first was just like a discovery of it and just goddamn beautiful. We we, we call it like our fusion breakthrough state because, I mean, we've been really invested in this show, Steven Universe, and these characters can actually like fuse together and become this greater, stronger, more powerful form of... Like, the two together become this form greater than, like, if the two are fighting together, but then they fuse, they're better than the two. It's it's very gestalt. The sum is greater than the whole of its parts. Or the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. It's... Voltron theory. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Um, the first time it happened, like, we, we were still kind of experimenting with doing chemicals together, but we were finally pretty comfortable mm-hmm. together. We'd been living together close to a month at that point, and, you know, she said to me while I was preparing a dose that she wanted to get onto my level, so, okay, let's, let's match, and we did, and kind of like playing with our flow toys like it's really fun to just put on some music and some lights and just let yourself melt and let your ego dissolve while you just go on autopilot and allow your eyes to do the processing for you you know and we go into it doing this we're just together and we're touching each other and I start to see her skin melting into mine, and then I don't see for a second. And then we are the same person, more or less. Like, we have assumed a single body, so you sort of. Like, like, yeah, just like, together, like... It's cool. Like like two creatures made of Play-Doh, and now smushed together, right. now one creature made of Play-Doh. It, and... We kind of just spent a minute or two in this, like, shared mind, almost. Like, visually, I saw darkness around me with many orbs of light that I was able to kind of interact with. And I felt like I was talking to her, but it had that echoey quality like a thought does. Mm-hmm. Like, when you've got your inner monologue. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like we were just thinking things back and forth at each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was just kind of in the black room almost just floating in there almost like a deprivation chamber yeah Yeah, it was it it was almost whole-esque like there there was a lot of sensory deprivation Mm -hmm. but 
no amnesia to speak of. We came out of it very much aware that we right. had a shared experience. Well, that's what I was going to say. Everything you guys told me about it is that, yeah, you guys were basically one entity. Yeah, and in that moment, there was, like, it, it didn't last long enough, of course. It was very intoxicating. Like, we Everything felt very pleasing. powerful. We right. felt kind of more complete, like... We've both, of course, had all these compunctions about our bodies, like dysphoria and what right. have you, and we didn't get to really explore the shared body or the shared mind. We were just kind of like, huh, we're in this together. That's cool. And bounced back out and looked at each other and, wow, we are in our own universe. We can create our own universe that is just ours, just for us. We can freeze in time and can. make it ours. In fact, you can. And... And about a month or so later, we prepare a very similar concoction, and it happens again. Okay. Reproduces the effect, but we're there longer. We kind of know what to expect, mm -hmm. and we're able to explore it a little bit more. Okay. And it just becomes the ultimate pleasurable experience. It's... Like the first time, the first time we were maybe there for a minute or two, mm -hmm. it, it was very brief, fleeting, beautiful, fleeting. The second time, like, like we were trying to find our flow toys and she told me that she was getting close to launching. So I get back to the bed and we launch together as soon as we make physical contact. Right. And I, I just see this like green streak and vision's gone and... I'm, I'm touching what I'm pretty sure now is probably her arm, like what what anybody else would have seen. But right. I'm feeling it in my groin, like it, it, it is it is my cock. Right. Like, I, trans guys have described phantom boner syndrome before. It's okay. it's, it's a thing. It has okay. that term. It's like the feeling of having an erection. I I know the size of my phantom penis. It's big enough to fit in my hand and be a little longer, about six inches. It's it's nice. I like it. I want it. Ours is bigger. Her her arm is a lot larger than it's like that. A goddamn elephant trunk. It's it's pretty impressive. <laughs> They're wrapping right. around each other and shit. I was very proud to have that <laughs> as a part of my body for a, for a few minutes, and and we were there for about five minutes or so, and it just becomes like orgasmic. Like there's a moment about halfway through. So you guys were able to have a psychic orgasm. There's a moment about That's halfway. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, about halfway through, she like. Think speaks to me. It's like our souls are fucking, and I'm like, oh my god, that's exactly what this is. Yeah. And we just continue that, and we peek together really hard, and we come. That's amazing. And like, when we come out of it, like we're fully clothed and like whatever. Like it's, it's not like we were actually. It, it's okay. not like if a sober person was standing there watching, they would think we were fucking, but. Right. <clears throat> I guarantee we had the same release of serotonin and oxytocin in our brains that you would get from a regular right. orgasm. Like, right. You know how valuable that would be orgasm. to somebody that fucking was paralyzed from that guy? <coughs> oh, yeah. Like, Think about that. Just you know? but to... it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's very good that you guys could can chill. And especially it was the... and feel psychic connection there and a oneness, which is huge. You know what that's called? It's a base level. It's called community. 
It's called helping each other. And it, I mean, we've discovered, we discovered really early on that basically in like, even without chemicals, we tend to be very in sync. We tend to be on a very similar wavelength, but once we add anything psychedelic, we just sync up, like finish each other's sentence kind of thing. And this was like that to the most extreme level. And for both of us being very emotional creatures and very relationship oriented people who like want nothing more than to just be loved and cared for and not traumatized by somebody important to yeah, us for once. Like, oh, like, fucking different. like that, that, that's pretty much the ultimate experience. I've, I've probably had five or six psychedelic breakthroughs at this point, And those two load the others away by leaps and bounds. Just like everything about it is so beautiful. I can't ima imagine feeling more powerful and more complete. Neat. Okay. I'll say with that, do you have anything you guys would like to add? So I think we're pretty concise. I think that's pretty amazing. I think that if everybody could experience a source or a, a sense of unity like that, it would make the world a lot better. It'd make a community happen. It would make yeah, like, like, help and make us give a fuck about each other and wear a fucking mask and like not be all fucking into some goofy shit. You know? Like like I, like I fucking joked to you earlier, like if just for once a year for five minutes, everybody goes and sits down on a chair and just projects their consciousness mm -hmm. to this like dark room with the little light balls or whatever and they think at each other for a minute because i i mean we came out of it like we've we've only been dating for five months now we've only known each other for six months we we know each other more deeply and more intimately than anybody else on the planet right. like we felt each other's souls in that moment so you like went on long journeys in different dimensions together hey like we we might have only been gone for a minute or two but we mm. saw so much that's that's speculative of perception and, and how you guys yeah. went about it and then it's speculative of what you want to do with that yeah. right and I, I, yeah. I think that i think that this is this is huge i think all these things are huge that we're talking about and i think I, they are beneficial and i mean like it, we, it's not like we like saw each other's memories or anything, but we learned each other's love languages. Right. Like, I've always, I am a talker in case you haven't noticed. And I always like have had verbal expressions of love. She's mm -hmm. a toucher. She reaches out and like, she, she's always reached out and like grabbed my leg to make sure that I'm okay or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And since our fusion breakthroughs, like, I've touched her a lot more and she's asked me if I'm okay a lot more and we've <coughs> we've kind of met each other halfway mm -hmm. in a lot of places. You know, that's that's compassion, that's giving a shit about each other. Empathy. It is empathy and it's you know, I have a roommate, <coughs> you know, and I mean this dude are pretty straight people, but we have compassion and empathy towards each other mm -hmm. because we're both human beings. And regardless of what we've said here today. You guys are fucking human beings being yeah. treated as such. Yeah. With that, um, thank you for joining me, Lance and Jesse. Um, there may be more interviews from Lance and Jesse.
you have a good evening. Thank you for listening. And that's a wrap for me, Jesse, and Lance. Have a good evening.